Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? In this hour, O Lord, we gather to sing your praises, to offer our prayers and gifts from the labor of our hands. And we come to hear your word read and proclaimed. In everything that we do this morning, O Lord, may our ears, our hearts, and our very lives be open to the power of your spirit. But transform us, O Lord, so that as we leave this place, we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. So invariably, throughout the course of the year, stories like this surface from time to time. You'll open up the page around Thanksgiving, and some of you remember back when... Uh, We were fully engaged in battle in Afghanistan that President Bush gets on an airplane and flies in under the cover of darkness to serve Thanksgiving to the troops. Or maybe there's the CEO who sort of has that undercover boss moment and shows up in the retail store to work the line and to help the customers, giving out extra help cutting through corporate red tape and retail red tape to make sure that the customer gets exactly what he or she wants. Or it's a sports star that in the midst of a busy season takes time out of their day to go to the hospital to sit with children in the cancer ward or facing critical diagnoses. Or then there's what happened just this week in Boston. After game two of the World Series, Mookie Betts, the right fielder, the hopefully the AL MVP, is there and he's there with his family to celebrate and they order dinner and the restaurant sends way too much food. 
not just an extra chicken wing or two here or there, but I mean, it's like they tripled the order by accident. And so the family's looking at this bounty before them, realizing there's not uh, any way they could eat it all and collectively amongst all, they can't chop the meal up and stick it in Tupperware or in Ziploc bags and put it in their freezers because it would overflow. So they take the dishes still hot from the restaurant, fresh from the delivery, and they go out into the community of Boston, out where Mookie knows where the homeless stay and where they camp in the evening, and he takes whole steaming plates full of food to feed them. So busy, so much to do, so much going on, and yet he takes time out. Each of these stories, so much going on, all the recipients of this extra attention might have said, gosh, they've got so much going on, and yet they take time out of their day to come and to be with us, to help us. In our text that we heard this morning that Holly just read, we find something very similar happening with Jesus. He's busy, he's going with the gang, he's going and they are traveling from city to city. And in those days when you traveled, you needed to make sure that everything was just so on your journey. Because you did not want to get caught between cities in the evening because usually it wasn't safe and there wasn't a good place to camp and there definitely wasn't good water. So everything was really timed out. You needed to make sure there was plenty of time to go from town to town because you couldn't just pull off the interstate at the Circle K, could you? So they're there and they're going along and they're trying to make this move and as they're walking along, all of a sudden the beggar Bartimaeus calls out to Jesus. He said, Jesus, son of God, and Jesus sort of grinds everything to a halt in that moment. It all comes to a stop. The journey that they're on, this well-crafted, well-thought-out journey just comes to a grinding halt in that instance. Now, I'm sure somewhere in there, the disciples being as a good group of disciples, sort of an entourage, if you will, not only learning from Jesus, but also helping keep things on track. I'm sure some of them said, Jesus, there's not enough time to stop. We really need to get going. And I can imagine Jesus in a very pastoral way saying, Psh, time, I've got this. Now, maybe he said it a little less cavalier, but I think they got the picture. See, he says, bring him. He says, he, says, call, he says, call out to him, which really means bring Bartimaeus to him. So Bartimaeus comes, they bring him to him, and he says, what is it that you need? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see again. I want to see again. I want to experience life that I used to have before I lost my sight. And Jesus says those magic words, go. Your faith has healed you. Go, your faith has healed you. And with that... Bartimaeus can see, and he goes about life changed and transformed. See, I think there's a powerful lesson in this story for you and for me, for all of us, actually. For the whole world, there's this lesson where maybe, just maybe, we need to take a cue from Jesus. If you look around in the sanctuary this morning, you look at the people in front of you or beside you or the people behind you, if you just take a moment and look around at them, you may think they've got it all figured out. They may think that they don't have anything going on. They may, you may think, I've got this issue and I'm the only one. Let me give you a hint. None of us in this room, none of us in the world, none of us sitting on live stream, none of us have this all figured out. We all have our issues. We all have our problems. We all have difficulties. 
we don't have it all together, despite what others may think. Somewhere in this room today, someone is sitting there thinking, no one cares about me. No one notices or would notice if I'm not here. Someone, one of us is thinking that, if not more of us. Someone is thinking, I've got issues, I've got a problem. My issues are so small compared to the issues of the world. No one really cares truly about my problem. But this passage, this passage which we've read this morning shows us that God wants us to think about the world a little differently. God wants us to think about the world in which we matter, in which the way we interact with each other. And if we really break this passage down, we learn a couple of things. We learn first that Jesus was not and is not too busy to stop the world for any one of us. Two, we learn that Jesus is concerned about everyone from the least, the last, and the lost up to the found and the saved. Every one of us matters. And finally, that there is no problem too big or too small for our Lord. So think about your interaction with people. And remember, Jesus was not too busy to stop. Think about the week that you live and how everything goes along. You know, in our world, we sometimes think, we think about when we talk about our possessions or our wealth or our things that are most valuable, we think about tangible things. We think about our money. We think about family photo albums or heirlooms or furniture or houses, our jobs, our prestige. We think about those things, but what the most is most valuable to us, if we would just break it all down, the most valuable asset we have is our time isn't it? There's a finite amount of time we have each day. We've only got 24 hours. And though there's some days we wish we could have 25. And at the nine o'clock service, after I sat down, Brett pointed out to me that next weekend, daylight savings time, since it's fall back day, one day you get 25 hours. Pretty astute. He's listening. But anyway, we have only 24 hours a day, most days of the year, right? 24 hours a day. So how we spend our time, how we focus on home and work and our list of things to do, how we choose to spend our time is very crucial. It's a finite resource. So where we choose to give it, where we choose to spend it, it becomes a true gift, doesn't it? So when we share it with other people, what we really say to them is we really tell them how they measure up to us. When we share our time with someone else, we tell them, you matter to me. So Jesus is walking with the gang. They're on their journey. They are traveling somewhere and Jesus grinds it all to a halt. And in that one instance, what Jesus tells Bartimaeus, he says, you matter. You are the most important person in my life. And all of a sudden he becomes an entirely different being, doesn't he? He is transformed right there in the story, even before he gets his eyes back, because he was just a beggar by the side of the road. And Jesus stops everything for this man. So here's what I want you to do with me for a second. I want you to close your eyes, just close your eyes and think about the people in your world the people that you interact with each and every day. 
the people that you know of. Who do you need to spend some time with? For whom do you need to stop the world and give them your time? And as you think of this person, not only think about who they are and what they're going through, but think about how your gift of time will impact their life. What will your gift of time mean to them? And while you're thinking about that, think about how that gift of your time is going to impact your own life. How much is it really going to delay what you're trying to get done? Are you really going to notice the loss, if you will, of that time because you're choosing to spend it to give it to them? Who do you need to spend some time with this week? Hold that person in your heart. Hold that person in your heart. See, Jesus' interaction with Bartimaeus, it was not just the stopping of the, the stopping and taking the time with him, but it was also sort of how he turned the tables on sort of society's rules of those days. You see, Jesus was concerned about Bartimaeus, a blind beggar by the side of the road. If you think about it, Jesus, the son of God that was supposed to be teaching the Pharisees and the Sadducees, interacting and trying to change the world, should have spent, you know, everybody might say he should spend his time with the religious leaders because, you know, they had the pulpits, they had the synagogues, they had the respect of the people. So if Jesus would just tell them how to get it all right, then they could be his mouthpieces. But yet Jesus says, oh, that's good. And he spent his time with them. But at this moment in time, Bartimaeus the beggar was lifted up from the side of the road and honored by Jesus. Honored by him as being the most important person at that time. But look at how he treated him. I dare say that every one of us grew up knowing the golden rule, grew up learning it from our parents or our grandparents. Do unto others what? As you would have them do unto you. Yes, we grew up hearing that. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And see, I think that's the lesson that Jesus was trying to remind us of in lifting up Bartimaeus. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Because woe be it that we would be Bartimaeus by the side of the road. A few weeks ago, Mike Foster, the executive director of the Winston-Salem Street School, stood up here and was telling about the school and his mission moment, and he told this story, and some of you heard it, but it has just been echoing in my soul since he said these words. He was telling about one of the first weeks of school where one of the students called in one day and just said, I can't get it together. I'm not coming in. Now, have you ever had one of those days where you just can't get life together? One of those days where you just want to take the covers, pull them back over your head, go back to bed, and you hope that two hours later it would be a brand new day and it could happen again. But that's you and me. But this is a high school student, a single mother, a high school student, trying to get it all together, to get her stuff packed up, to get her child packed so they could go to daycare, to get herself looking the way she wanted to look to come to school so that she could focus and could learn. And it just wasn't happening. We've all had days like that. We've all had days where it just wasn't happening. We couldn't get it together. But this is a crucial day for this young woman 
And the teacher on the end of the phone answers the call and almost says without saying it aloud, not on my watch, not today. And so without missing a beat, she gives the gift of her time. She drives over to this child's house. She helps get the kid ready, the child ready to go to daycare. She helps the student get ready for school, even helping her do her hair and her makeup so that not only when she got to school was she there, but that she had dignity and pride in herself and no one would know what she had been through that morning. She lifted her up and honored this young woman. See, with our Lord and Savior, no one is too small to help. No one is unworthy of our Lord's attention. None of us can escape the watchful gaze of Jesus Christ. What about us? What about how we live our lives? Who is it that we need to help today? Who is it that we need to reach out to and that we need to lift up and honor them like Jesus honored Bartimaeus? Who would benefit from our love, from our care, from our help, from our attention and our gift of time? But what we learn is it wasn't just Jesus stopping the world and giving the gift of time. It wasn't Jesus just lifting Bartimaeus up, but it's also how Jesus approached the problem. You see, with Jesus, there is no, ta- there is no task, no problem that's just too big to solve. See, Bartimaeus was blind. We don't know if he's been blind from birth or if he was blind somewhere in his young adult or adult age, but he was there blind, debilitating. And because of his blindness, all he could do was sit by the side of the road and wait for someone to take pity upon him and to put a coin or two in his cup or to give him a sandwich or something But Jesus, hearing his story and hearing him cry out to him, Jesus says, essentially, I can fix this. And he does. He heals him. He says, go and live life abundantly. Go and be Bartimaeus, the man who was blind but now can see. Your faith has healed you. So think of your friends. Think of your friends and think of the issues that they deal with. Some of the issues are very small and things that can be fixed easily. Things like, can you pick up this for me or can I get a ride somewhere or can you help me shuttle my children around because today's a crazy day. But some of their issues are more complex, aren't they? They're more difficult. Maybe they're coping with the loss of a job or with crazy family dynamics or with a life crisis of some sort or they're struggling with grief and loss and there takes to be a little bit more than just running and picking something up. But you care about this person so you want to really get into their lives and help them because you love them. Well, the world around us is much the same way. There are problems that can be fixed with easy fixes and there's some that are more complex and they have to be more involved. I love the old adage, give a man a fish he can eat for a day, teach a man to fish he can eat for a lifetime. And our world is like that. There are some things that we can do by simply giving a fish that simple, easy fix. And there are other things that we have to do. We have to roll up our sleeves. We have to teach. See, what we really need to do is to not think is what's the easiest way out of this, but we need to do what Jesus did and go for the complex solution that changes lives, 
the thing that is the best for the person in the long term. But here's the good news for you and for me today. The good news for us is that we are blessed. Every one of us in this room is blessed with something, with knowledge, with resources, with a network, with a passion, with a desire, with a commitment to follow. And if we would take those, that passion, desire, we realize that we too can do what God asks us to do. We can look around and we can look at the problems around us and we can say, we got this. With God's help, we can be a part of the solution here. We can fix these things that are going wrong in the world or fix these things for people that are crying out in need. We can tutor, we can mentor, we can aid and help each other. I was at a breakfast meeting just a few weeks ago and at this meeting there was a guy, we're sitting around just sort of talking about what we did and this guy tells me he's a, he's a small businessman running a, a small company and he decided to roll the dice and to, to take a chance on someone He said he felt it on his heart that he needed to hire someone who had just gotten out of jail. Hired someone because they had sort of had a raw deal in life. Hired someone that just really had difficulty because you know, as you can imagine, that getting out of jail is sort of like a black mark on your resume. Nobody really feels good about hiring someone with a criminal record. So he rolled the dice and he hired this young man and he says he does great work. He comes in every day, he clocks in on time, he does his work, it's flawless work, he's great. But he says, but I started to notice that his life did not seem to be full and exciting. He seemed to come in and he kind of sullenly did his stuff. He didn't have any joy in his heart. So I started realizing the reason why he didn't have any joy was he was just going through the motions of life because he still carried around this sort of cloud like everyone knew his story. And what I realized is he needed to see, he needed a win. And that win wasn't just a job, that win was a life. So he said, I began to sit down with him and decided that I'm gonna give him some of my time and I wanna visit with him, I wanna talk to him every week and we're gonna set goals for his success. So we set goals so that he could start to get a bank account, so that he could start saving money. We set saving goals so he could buy a car. We set goals so that he could find a place of his own goal so that he could get out and be a full living member of society that had a past, yes, but don't we all, and his is just different than some of the rest of us. And he said, I realized as I spent more time with this man, mentoring him and coaching him and encouraging him, he says, I noticed that he came to work, he stood up a little taller, a little straighter. He had more energy, more joy. He said, he's always been a good employee, but at that moment in time, I realized what he needed was someone that believed in him and said, hey, we can do this. I believe in you. You matter. I can help you. So here's what I believe when I look around this room. When I think about our life together, here's what I believe that I believe that every one of us are children of God. Everyone in this room and in the world around us, we are all God's children. I believe that all of us come with some sort of issues in life at different points in time. Some of them are large, some of them are small, some of them are complex, some of them are easy. All of us find ourselves like Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road and we cry out for help. And at other times, all of us are walking on the road. But we are all called to be the hands and feet of Christ. We're all called to follow our Lord's example. And so because of that, we cannot and should not be too busy 
for any child of God that cries out to us for us to stop what we're doing and give of our time. We not only must be not be too busy, but we've got to treat each other the way we would want to be treated. To put ourselves in their shoes and say, if I were that person, how would I want to be treated in this situation? And not just to think we know the answer, but to be really honest with ourselves about it. And then as we think of those two things, I think we need to realize that there is no problem too big for us to solve if we work together. No problem too big for us to solve in the lives of our brothers and sisters if we're willing to roll up our sleeves and willing to help and willing to seek guidance from God and from each other and to put our passions and our energies together so that we see each other succeed, so that we can all go and live life abundantly. So my hope for us, my hope for this congregation is that today that we will go forth living the gospel, following faithfully like Christ calls us to, that we will go forth listening for each other to cry out on the roadside and to stop, to lift each other up, to make each other feel important, and then to try to work together to solve the problems and those predicaments of life. Because at one point in time, Jesus was walking along the road past us and we cried out and he stopped because he loves you and he loves me and we should do the same. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.